Through the power of audio. Through the power of Grayskull. Shade. <laughs> Shade uh, Skull. Shade Skull. Through the power of Shade Skull. Sword of Shade, give me shade beyond shade. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Excited to talk some Flash. That was Pretty interesting episode. Oh, dude, a lot. Yeah, I mean, like they they uh, they really hit us with a, some heavy stuff. Uh, big reveals at the end of the episode. Some uh, some big lead ups. We got uh, a pretty major new rogue. Uh, that is a, a rogue that you know pre exists in the comics. Uh, who who while got a lot of screen time, didn't get a lot of digging into. We'll talk a little bit more about all of that here in just a minute. Uh, but first, welcome again to the Flash TV Talk podcast. Let me go ahead and give you a bit of a heads up tonight. My voice, I don't know if you can tell, I'm a little gruff. Do I sound gruff to you? Um, I wouldn't quite say Billy Goat gruff, but definitely like the brothers gruff if they were instead called gruff instead of grim. Right, right, right. The brothers gruff. I, I went with the fairy tale motif there because I thought, you know, it would work. And no, I think it did. I, I totally do. Like, like Gruffly Adams <laughs> if Grizzly Adams went by Gruffly. And instead of a bear, it was a billy goat named Gruff. That uh, Gruffly Adams was all about the billy goat's Gruff. That's what I. Yep. Yep. Earth. I guess that's Earth to uh, Earth to Grizzly Adams. (laughs) (laughs) Gruffly Adams. Gruffly Adams. Yeah. (laughs) So that's uh, that's a long way to get to the point where I'm sick. So I'm uh, I'm instead of instead of a lumberjack, he's a hipster who just dresses like a lumberjack. Oh, and then uh, and then tries to recreate his uh, his actual uh, real lumberjack, whose uh, name is Randolph, with face changing technology. Yes, exactly. And he also makes artisan toilet paper that's made out of bark. We're gonna get into all that stuff in just a minute. Yeah, man, I don't know about you, but um, last week, you know, we had a great episode this week that we're about to talk about. Last week's episode of The Flash was terrible. Yeah, I know, right? That was the worst episode of The Flash I ever watched. I, I, I feel like the ramifications are still haunting me from last week's episode of The Flash. <laughs> uh, just to be sure, they did play one from last season. Oh, did they really? I think they did play one because I, I, I forgot there wasn't an episode and I'm watching. And I'm going, this looks really familiar. Oh, <laughs> then I was like, wait a second, like two minutes into it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've definitely seen this before. <laughs> no, see, I was making a I was making a joke about the election being uh the Tuesday. Oh, you're talking about uh, 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 yeah, that was the the farce. Yeah, instead of the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that joke bombed. Yeah, that was terrible. All right, but that was last week. This is this week. We're not going to jump into all that, but we are going to jump into this, and that's the rundown. The rundown. Episode six of season three, Shade, directed by JJ Macaro. And story by Emily Silver and David Cobb. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, when Wally relates his recent dreams of being Kid Flash, Barry reveals what happened to him during Flashpoint. A metahuman HR nicknamed Shade appears and murders a stockbroker. Caitlin reveals her powers to Cisco and has him vibe her to know her future, and Cisco sees himself fighting an evil Caitlin. Alchemy begins summoning Wally to him, so the team locks him up inside the pipeline to keep him safe. Iris later prevents Wally from escaping after he becomes entranced by alchemy. Meanwhile, Barry and the others stop Shade's next attack and capture him. After Sisko tells everyone the truth about Caitlyn, Barry privately confesses to her that her powers came from his creating Flashpoint. A recovered Wally volunteers to lead the team to alchemy. Barry, Joe, and a SWAT team locate alchemy and his followers and surround them. Another adversary, which only Barry can see, suddenly attacks them. As Barry fights it, Alchemy entices Wally to pick up his fallen energy weapon, which encases Wally in a crystal cocoon. Calling itself Savitar, the god of speed, the adversary pins Barry to the ceiling and prepares to kill him. Man, can I tell you something I really enjoyed about this season? What's that? I like I love the way that we've gotten these these episodes. I mean, they, nothing has felt filler. I mean, we've all gotten these these great episodes where the you know the characters are being developed. Every single uh, character has their arc. Uh, the world is existing. It's going about its business. 
And we know that in the background, there's machinations, right? We, we've seen alchemy. He's been a, a shadowy type of presence. He hasn't been that same kind of presence that say like Eobard was, or, or should I say H.G. Eobard was in season one or anything like that. So there hasn't been that kind of uh, that clear and present danger so much as it was. He was just, he's there. Something's happening with alchemy, yet it just hasn't been that you know, top of mind for our heroes, nor has it been top of mind for the viewing audience because it hasn't been like that, you know, that, that, that I guess serious of a situation up until this episode. Uh, you know, Correct. we, we've, we've got a lot of kind of buildup from what's been going on, especially with Wally, but also with a lot of the background stories, things that have been going on with Julian and trying to discover this husks. And of course, how this has been a case that the JC, that the CCPD has been working on, even though our primary heroes, it, it's not been their primary case. Yeah. You know, yeah. Alchemy and, and Barry said it himself this episode when like shade pops up, he's like, well, I guess we'll deal with alchemy later. Let's get this shade guy. Right. <laughs> it's just kind of like, you know, he's just, he's just this background job that just kind of processes and doesn't really ever come to the foreground. Yeah. You know how you make a list of things you're going to do every single day. And then like, you know, there's always that one thing that you move to the next day. And then it, it gets, <laughs> like you start a new list and it gets moved to the next day. Like, you know, before you know it, it's like a month later, that thing is still on that list. And you just go ahead and take it off. Cause you know, you're just, you're just not going to do it. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you got, you got to cook food, fold laundry, sweep the floor, deal with alchemy. And you're like, eh, I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> right. Right. And that's what alchemy is kind of been uh, up until, like I said, this episode where we're, you know, we'll, we've got some uh, theoretically some reveals. We've definitely got some things to speculate. That's been I guess that's the big thing. Like I, I say this and I really do mean this. I love that there hasn't been much to speculate about alchemy. His presence hasn't taken away from the characters getting a chance to breathe and kind of, you know, expand on their own individual stories. Uh, whereas now, you know, that we've done that. Uh, he he does start to have a presence, and there is a lot of speculation around him, and we'll we'll get to that, of course. Uh, but let's actually let's start off on something a little bit lighter. Uh, HR, HR is the worst. <laughs> he's the worst. Oh my gosh! Did you notice though that he's actually starting to give more? Like you know how he was saying, you know, he's always the inspiration, the muse, and his partner always does the whole, you know, figure out the stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and and previously in other episodes, he's kind of like giving suggestions out of the blue. It's like, well, why don't we just uh, pour water on the floor? <laughs> and they're like, that wouldn't work. And then Cisco would be like, ah, you know what? Maybe if we put water on the floor and then like light it on fire with magic science stuff, it'll work. Uh, but but this, this episode, he actually was kind of coming up with ideas that – Cisco could then bounce on and actually make work. I I, I thought so, right? Like I, I thought like he was kind of being more of a muse and inspiration to the team this episode than he has been in the past. I mean, yeah, but there's just something about the way that he does it. Like he he's yeah, you're right. I mean, I get it. The muse thing. So it's not like he's intentionally trying to be helpful. I guess he is trying to be helpful, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, I guess that's what it is. Like, it, it continues to kind of bother me that he's just kind of injecting and say, I agree with so-and-so. Oh, I agree with so-and-so. Oh, I agree with so-and-so. You know, like, I, I get it. He's irritating. Does that mean he's going to continue he, to be irritating? <laughs> <laughs> but, but didn't he come up with the whole concept of, like, slowing his molecules down and then the team thought about using light to do it? I'll tell you what he came up with thought of. What's that? Okay, well, let me just slide on in here. And, uh, and, and you, you just, you just don't even talk right over there. You just, you just, you just look at the movie. I'll talk to your lady friend and I will completely, um, I don't know how to say this, but, uh, let's say that you had a rooster and the rooster was trying to get somewhere and HR just, just put like a wall in front of that rooster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so man? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's he just, almost he just was, blocked was it, man. It was blocking the rooster, man. That's what HR was doing, man. Yeah, yeah. It's now, up. we should have. We, I got a new nickname for HR. What's that? Keep it clean. Mr. Steal your girl. What yeah, yeah. Mister Steal your girl. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I didn't think he had game. Like that's the thing. Like I know that she was being polite, but I feel like she was being polite. By the way, Joe's girlfriend. What is her name? I, I keep on forgetting it. Chat room. Uh, get on that. Who? What? What's Joe's lady friend? You know, I would know if Joe would actually have gone on a date with her before like six seasons into this well, <laughs> come six, on. Uh, episodes into the season. <laughs> I, I, I like her, man. She's uh, she's like half his size, though. She's real, real small. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you can't hold that against her. No, no, I, I don't. I'm just saying that like for us five, five guys, it's like, come on, Joe. You can't, <laughs> can't do that. 
Uh, Lex Mercury in the chat says her name is Super Hot Lawyer. So there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Of course. She, she's yeah, DA, right? Cecile. Thank you, the Green Arrow. So, yeah. So Cecilia, I, I really like her, though. I really do. I like I like her uh, as a, a love interest for Joe. I kind of felt like Joe was bombing uh, a couple times there. You know, I I've never dated with kids. You know what I mean? Like, you know, my, my wife and I we got married. We didn't have kids going into the marriage. We have kids now. I don't intend to ever date again. So I don't I don't know what it's like to date with children. But I'd kind of be curious from listeners if, if you've like like do your kids come up? Is that is that a subject you go to on a first date? It would seem like that would be like not the subject matter of a first date. But again, I don't know. That's out of, out of my uh, out of my scope well, of experience. I mean, you also have uh, the fact that they both have adult children and it's not like they have small children. So I'm sure that's oh, that's, that's two different dynamics as well. Right. When she said she had a daughter who was uh, about to go to college, right? 18. So that'd be about yeah, Wally's age. 18. Yeah, yeah. Probably about Wally's age. Yeah. OK. All right. Fair enough. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, do, you, do you think that she like. It is does Cecilia exist to show us that Joe just can't get ahead, or or do you think that this is actually like a relationship that's going to come, you know, to to fruition? Hmm. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I think it would be cool to kind of grow Joe's character like that, and uh, but then again, you never know what I mean because that's another character, right? And then they're not going to have like you know, uh, we have Legends of Tomorrow to deal with our you know B list superheroes, but they don't have you know. Central City DA of tomorrow, <laughs> right, right. You know, like a show for all of all of Joe's, you know, dates and whatnot. Well, not everybody so, has to be in a relationship, right? I mean, I, I know it's a CW, so technically everybody, like contractually, has to be in a relationship. But I mean, like, but not all the side characters have to have some sort of like, Cisco. We've never seen Cisco in any kind of legitimate relationship. Uh, somewhat legitimate with I mean, Golden uh, Glider. Uh, oh, Hawk Vixen. Or- Oh, oh, uh, hot girl. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. But even then, that was kind of like a pseudo setup for a spinoff. I don't know if that counts. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But, you know, they CW, you got to ship something. So you got to ship it. You got to ship. We were talking about that on Legends TV talk. Like you got to ship something. And they're pushing heavy on on Legends for some for some shipping. So, well, there you go. I I do like I do like uh, uh, Cecilia. And uh, even though HR is definitely the worst. Uh, his his counterpart back on Earth nineteen Randolph. What was the last name? I could never catch it. Because uh, I tried I to search for it when he said it. I was trying to figure out because you know I I had speculated that perhaps it maybe it was like Ted Cord or, or this might actually be a character of some sort. Um, I, my guess is that it's just a you know a a name reference. We we got we got name references in this episode. He he referred to money like he held up that triangle and said it was a helbing back on his planet. Like that's our back on his Earth. That uh, the money, the currency, are <laughs> helbings. <laughs> I got I, that was I, hilarious. I thought of you immediately when he said that. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know honestly I didn't pick it up because I thought he said uh, a helsings like 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 Van Helsing. Oh, no, no, no. And he totally I, said I, helping. I didn't hear helping. Yeah. So I got to rewatch that episode then because I probably missed a couple of things like that. But yeah, that, that, that's awesome. You know, there's been a lot of things that happen in this show that uh, or in pretty much like like in Legends and in Flash that make me think that there is at least one writer in the CW writers room that listens to this podcast. And they, they could be here right now in, in, in the plus three elsewhere as CW executives that are uh, listening right now on the Mixler channel. Because the the last episode of Legends took place in Hines County, Mississippi. Oh, did it really? And yeah, yeah. And you you had the 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 Grodd in the Bell Tower reference. Uh, and what would have sealed the deal here is if the money was called Bells <laughs> on Earth nineteen. I look. But I think didn't have that. I think over on Legends TV Talk, y'all 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 reach y'all y'all are reaching, man. I don't. Uh, I don't think that. I don't think that we have anybody from the series that listens to this podcast. And if they want to prove me wrong, then they would have to do something like uh, give give Grodd a bow tie, <laughs> which would never happen at the show. <laughs> it's got to be something plausible that you could, you know, just guess that they might do anyway. Fine. Have Cisco have you. have Cisco reference Grodd in a bow tie or something like that. You 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 do I, that. Yeah. And and then then I believe that this Illuminati behind the scenes listening to Flash TV talk and, and influencing the series exists. I do not believe in the Illuminati, uh, regardless <laughs> of what you say. 
But uh, the yeah. secret puppet government that controls the CW. If, if, uh, I am I am deeply influential with them. So we I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so, but Randolph Morgan is uh, is the counterpart that HR uh, references, and uh, as, so much as I can find, this is not a DC character. So my guess is it is a reference to somebody maybe uh, behind the scenes. Uh, we get him briefly being Randolph Morgan, and then he flashy things everybody, uh, Men in Black style. Yeah. Did you just neuralize this? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and so I guess the idea is that the audience, having been flashy thinged, now also, you know, we we now see him as uh, as H as HR. Which, yeah, like you know, I I I was sitting there going, okay, they're not gonna have two actors play this, so and they're not gonna have like the whole facial swap animation. So how are they going to? do it so that we see HR and everyone else sees this other dude. And then sure enough, it was a flashy thing thing. And I was like, all right, well, you know, that works. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> now, Lauren W in the chat makes an interesting observation, which is that uh, Wells's wife's last name was Morgan. Um, so maybe this is uh maybe this is her brother from, uh, from earth 19 or maybe uh, HR and Morgan are romantic partners on earth 19. Oh, could be. So the Morgan of Earth-19 is a male as opposed to female? Yeah. Interesting. So the, her family had a boy as opposed to a girl? Yeah. Earth-19. Crazy. Uh, anyway, so he uh, he puts on the uh, the the Morgan face, and uh, and that is how we're getting... You got to think about this character of HR, man. This is one of the most convoluted characters to try to explain to uh, Joe, anybody on the street. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's this guy from Earth 19 who is now on, you know, this main Earth, but he has to go by a different name and face because uh, the other him from that Earth that was technically killed in the past by this uh, villain from the future took his identity and turned him into a criminal, even though that one really wasn't a criminal. He just died. So he wasn't even there. And so now this one, HR, uh, now now he can't even go by his his name and face. And, um, and Tom Cavanaugh, man, he, uh, I, I hope they're paying him well. I, I you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if he's as confused as, uh, as Joe, every man on the street. Like he just comes into to, to work every year and be like, all right, what'd you do to me this time? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, yeah. You know, like you were trying to explain it back there, you know, it, it's almost would take less time to explain HR than it would just to rewatch seasons. One right, that's three exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> figure right. out what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, HR, again, the worst. But you know who's not the worst? You know who's the best? Who's the best? Iris freaking West. Uh, you know, she makes this whole comment about how, you know, she doesn't feel like she serves a purpose on the team, which, you know, I was I was vehement, vehemently against. I was like, no, you're like the team manager, Iris. Like, they, this, this, they're all, they're all a mess without you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Barry makes the great observation. You know, without, without Iris West, there is no Flash, which is absolutely true. Um, you know, aside from just the lightning rod aspect of it, I mean, she she does bring a a needed caliber, not just to the Flash, but just to the team as a whole. I uh, also really liked that he he started to reveal a little bit about their Flashpoint counterparts, that Iris and Wally were kind of a sibling uh, dynamic duo, that she was very much kind of part of the superhero team there, just as she is here. And so it was good for him to kind of... Uh, to lay that out and let her know, like, no, 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 look, I, like, I, I get what you're saying, but nah, the, I'm, I'm just the guy that got struck by lightning. I don't know if you've been paying attention for the last two seasons, but I am not great at managing people <laughs> or calling the shots. That <laughs> I mean, is very true. Meanwhile, Iris <laughs> well, West yeah. shows up, gives them a pep talk, tells everybody to get back to work. They get it done. Iris is the team manager. Now, now here's my question. So she says, you know, in, in this post flashpoint alternate, not alternate reality that she doesn't have a place on the team. Do you think that was something that existed prior to Barry messing with the timeline or is this just something new? Cause it seemed like she, she felt more at home in the team, uh, in season two. No, I think, I think it's probably, um, I think it's probably a continuation. I, at this point, I feel like she's, um, hmm. that's a good question, man. Uh, that, that's a good question. That's a good, but question. even still though, like, you know, it, it, it it's, uh, even I, I agree with you, the sentiment where she feels like she's useless on the team. And I'm like, no, no, not at all. But it set up that perfect line where, you know, without Iris West, there is no flash. I know. And I know. Uh, but not only that, not only that, Iris brings the knockout punch. Oh, yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. And I was actually you remember it. What was it? Season one where uh, where Joe told Barry not to get punched by Iris or something like that. I, you know, I vaguely remember something like that because I remember like <laughs> when she knocked Wally out. I was like, hmm, 
that's probably why Joe is warning her. That's warning right. <laughs> that's right. But no, like, didn't there was that whole scene when they were kids, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like Barry got beat up, and so he was he was trying to teach him how to defend himself, and so like Iris was like punching him or something like that. I'm no, probably Iris was teaching him how to defend himself. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so as I was Iris taught him how to fight. Yeah, I, I guess Joe wouldn't sit there and pit, pit the kids against each other. That does not sound very Joe like. But that's right. That is right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was great, <laughs> man. But uh, but yeah, no, she uh, she did she did bring the right hook, man. That was good. liked oh, yeah. um, liked Iris's episode quite a bit. Um, she's always always bringing some good stuff. This has been a great season for her. Season two also a really solid season. But uh, so far, I'm really yeah. really digging her this season. Caitlin, we mentioned it before, man. Uh, Caitlin is Elsa, and uh, you know she's aware that she's Elsa. That that is, it's very helpful that she knows that she's Elsa. Uh, I'm surprised that nobody on like I'm surprised that Cisco is not like taking every opportunity to make Elsa jokes. But but in all, they don't fairness, want to get sued by Disney. It's Warner Brothers, you know. <laughs> good point. Good point. But I will say this, man. Things tonally shift pretty heavy this episode, where uh, she asks Cisco to vibe her. Now, let me ask you this: Has Cisco vibed the future before? Yes. Has he? Because I I know we've seen him vibe the past. But I, I feel like this is the first time we ever saw him vibe the future. I think he just gets vibes and they just do things, right? Like, I, I don't know if he controls whether it's past or future. Uh, this time she said, vibe me. Right, right. Well, I guess the only thing, but that's the thing, right? Like, there's nothing to vibe from Caitlyn's past to, to learn anything about that. So, like, if he's going to to use his power of vibing, it's going to reveal something that that they don't know, I guess, and they know everything about her past, so maybe it's like, yeah, I'll give you the future. Lex Mercury in the chat is pointing out that uh, he vibed uh, Tina McGee being killed by the reverse flash, which was technically a future vibe. Ah, yes, that is true. Man, is true. Why, did, why? let me ask you something. Why do they always have to be bad vibrations? There's no Marky Mark in, in this Flashpoint universe, I mean, It's such a I can't wait though, because when they fight, you know Cisco is going to be playing that on his uh, on his. Well, okay, there. so let's talk about that fight because that that flash forward, that vibe, if you will, uh, dude. Oh my gosh, that was the scene. Well, that was one of the scenes because the end scene was also huge. But um, yeah. but but like, okay, so he's in full on like hero gear. That was like that was straight up his his costume. Yeah, his super suit. Where is my my super suit? (laughs) Yeah, it's right there. It's right there in the future. Like, like, so she is full on Killer Frost. He is full on vibe, and they are going at it. Uh, All right, did you? I I got the sense, if I'm remembering correctly, that they were like in a forest or something like that. Yeah, it looked like they were in the woods. Uh, Didn't look distinct or like like anything we've seen before. But I would assume it's probably the same place that uh, Barry and Captain Cold had a little talk. Yes, and then also Mister. I mean, mean, why not? There and. and snowmen. There's a lot of people who saw that scene. Uh, I flipped out and, and, and like loved it, but there's, and, and I was loving it for the reason that I was taking it at face value, especially considering that we have killer frost uh, as the name of the episode coming up next week. A lot of people saw that scene though and thought, well, they took it as bad, but what if it's just a training sequence? What if, what if what they're actually seeing is just you know them them uh, them training in the future. Interesting. I, I mean I you know I don't know because like we haven't seen Vibe have any sort of suit or anything yet, and so you know that 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 could make sense though because the whole thing uh, is you know her mother was saying that the more you use your powers, the less you'll be able to control them, and maybe Vibe's like you know what we can always learn to control these powers, and so I'm going to build myself a super suit so that we can fight each other and uh, harness and control your stuff. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Wanna Pineapple in the chat is is saying what I'm thinking, which is that did not look like training to me. But a lot of uh, yeah. there's there's two two schools of th- camp with this. One is that that is just straight up exactly what it looked like, which is uh you know a hero villain brawl, and then the other is just that they are in training, and and this is a misinterpretation of what they're seeing. You know, I've I've been waiting for Killer Frost, man. I've been waiting for her for for our Caitlyn to go down this dark path. Now that she is, I'm really digging where they're taking her character. I love but it. yeah. But I have to say, don't you think it's kind of a quick jump to go from, you know, not evil, like semi like dipping the toe in the dark side pool, Caitlin, this episode to like full blown Killer Frost next episode? I mean, it seems like a really quick jump. Well, so it depends on what you consider full on Killer Frost. Like, you know, she, you know, in terms of just the look, 
it appears that like, as soon as the water starts, it, it flows. Right. And so with it, like not only does her powers come out, but her hair starts changing and the lips start going blue. So in terms of just the actual look, no, I feel, I feel like they're communicating that pretty well. I don't think, I don't think that scene that we saw is necessarily an indication of what's going to happen next week. And the other thing too, is I don't know that it's not like she's going to go like, Oh, well I'm supposed to be a supervillain now. So let me go around and kill people. But I think that she is going to be in some of a, you know, stay away from me because I don't want to hurt you type situation, in which case, you know, she may do what she can, you know, maybe violently even uh, to separate herself from the rest of the world. And so even though she may be fighting the team, it might not necessarily be I'm Killer Frost. Let me go, you know, rob a bank or something like that. But more like I'm Killer Frost and I need to stay away from you to protect you. So I'm going to, like, push you away with violence. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's all she knows at the moment. She's got those cuffs, which were helpful, but um, beyond beyond the cuffs, that's that's kind of her her meat. Her her best defense is her strong offense. True, true. Now, if you saw a vision that showed that you and I were going to be like enemies in the next ten years, would that change our friendship, or would you just wait it out? I would take you out immediately. Really? No. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the severity of it. Like if I saw a uh, if I saw a vision and like you were a, you know, dictator and you destroyed the world with nuclear weapons or something like that. Uh, and that's all that I saw. Like, who knows what you did to get there? But if it's like me and you're going to have this schism where we argue or something like that, I would play it out and try to like, you know, not I would try to fix it. I would be like, you know, screw destiny. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fix it. OK. All right. All right. So that's the thing. Right. I mean, like. Well, okay. So, but, but if it's, let me put it this way. What if it was an unchangeable thing that you saw? Like if, 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 if our destinies were to be like, like enemies. Hmm. Uh, Have you seen a rival? Um, rival. Yeah. He was in the first couple of episodes this season. No, no, no. The movie arrival. No, I have not just came out. You need to go watch it. But, uh, it's funny. You mentioned that. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else about it just to, to avoid spoilers and stuff. But it's so we're talking about like this is this is an immutable, you know, immutable event. There's nothing we can do about it. I think at that point, you know, there's 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 two ways you can handle it. You can uh, you can reject it and then let it control you and like manipulate how you feel about things. Or you can just go with the flow and like live with the good until the bad happens. See, that's that's I feel like that's the take I would have or at least I would want to have if I was Cisco right now. Or, or yeah, even, yeah, yeah, me too. Cause he was acting all weird around her and like Cisco, you, man, I want to play poker with Cisco. Cause he, he cannot, he cannot, he has no poker face. I want to play poker with flashpoint Cisco because he has more money than, yeah. Although, well, yeah. although regular Cisco has a really nice pad. So there's, you could assume that he maybe has money. If he maybe put, put the, uh, put, put the pad down on the table. Yeah. 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 He puts the pad on the table. I'll play poker with him. Yeah. Yeah, because you'd know when he was bluffing, <laughs> man. You'd know when he was bluffing. Oh, yeah. He like that the way that he looks and acts around. So like, I know something that I don't want anybody to know. You know, like it's just you could tell, <laughs> you could tell. But but if I was him, I would think, wait it out, man. Like you're over here reassuring her that she's not going to go evil. You see a vision. Oh wait, I was wrong. But like you know, there's no indication that she would go evil. So let's just be friends in the meantime, and we'll figure it out when we get there. Well, and also here's the question that I had. Do you think that Cisco is justified in uh, telling the team about her secret? No, no, I do not. I thought that was extremely unfair, especially given how he was all like, nobody needs to know about my vibes. Like you like for an entire season, he was like that. Um, So I thought it was very two faced of him to go back and do that and basically out her, uh, which like she said, should have been her decision. She should have had control over that. I, um, I, I was, I was a little mad at Cisco with that. So, cause it, like in this instance, it's not like it's dangerous to, well, I mean, I guess it is dangerous. Like, but that's the thing you ever had somebody that, you know, had a secret that, uh, it was like a destructive secret that, you know, yes, it was theirs to tell, but it's, you know, bad for them in that kind of way. Like, you, I, dude, no, this, is, this like, is a one for one. I, all I'm saying is this is a one for one for what happened with him. Um, and I mean, I hear what you're saying. Like if I had like a friend with a drug addiction problem or something like that growing up, then, you know, yeah, I would, I wouldn't want to tell an adult if I, if they weren't listening to me, I suppose, or if somebody was bullying somebody, but then they become president. So, um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the rules anymore, man. The rules don't apply. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yes, yes. I've never had that situation. 
I've never had that situation. Yeah. That, it's, that one's tough because yes, it's her secret to tell, and I think that that's the the Caitlin was absolutely right in that in that scenario. But in this particular instance, it's not like you know the it's it's not like that secret was was inherently destructive. There's a destructive future that's a possibility, right? Mm. And mm. so I yeah yeah Cisco stepped out of, out of line because he was worried about that potential future, whereas Caitlin Caitlin should have told everybody to begin with. But let's let's not. You know, um, I, I, yeah, I think she well, should have. Hmm. I mean, if if yeah, her big concern was that that her existence is putting everybody else in danger. Um, then yeah, that that probably should be something she'd want to share with the rest of the class. I I I don't know. Like I said, it's just too similar to what happened specifically with Cisco. So for him to be the one that betrays her, that just that's cold blooded. No pun intended. Cold blooded. Cold blooded. That that's all. That's that's the supporting staff. Wally. So Wallace, uh, as Alchemy was calling him, just his yeah. name. Are Walter? HR. Hold on, hold on. HR calls him Wallace too. No, Wallace is his name. Yeah, but I mean, it's just come like because all of his friends call him Wally. Oh dang! Did I just stumble across the the identity of Alchemy? If Alchemy starts calling uh, Cisco <laughs> San Francisco, San, is that what he calls him? <laughs> or, or he calls him Francisco? Francisco. If he starts calling him Francisco. Dun dun dun. Where are you, Francisco? That's a good that's a good uh <laughs> uh alchemy. That's my sick voice right there. That's the one thing it's good for is pulling my alchemy. Good, good. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> All right. I, I saw some back and forth. There's a lot of discussion about this and how how Wally was handled this episode. You know, we've we've dealt with Wally. He wants to have superpowers. It's something that he's wanted for a while. I. Uh, Joe freaks out and he's been freaking out about this whole situation, but especially this episode um, because he really, he does not want Wally to get superpowers. He doesn't want his, his, you know, quote unquote only son to, to be kind of put into those uh, extreme situations that could cost him his life. Um, you know, so, so well, I don't think that was the reason. It's definitely part of I it. I think, well, well I, I thought they, they were talking about like Joe was saying, look, I was a kid, I was your age, you know, and I knew what I would have done with those kind of powers and it's not good. And so I, I think his main, like, cause that, that's what Wally was saying is like, you just, you just don't trust me with these powers. Like, that's what it is. You just don't trust me. And Joe did the, the, the best, like, no, uh, I, uh, I no, no, <laughs> just, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't cover it up cause he couldn't lie to him. Well, I gather uh, that it was kind of loaded though. Right. I mean like that, sure. That's part of it. But I mean, I, I do think it's safety and concern of his son. It plays into what we got when he first met Wally. And, uh, you know, and what was Wally doing while he was going fast, right? He was racing all these cars. He's putting his life at risk. And, uh, and so there's kind of this need to, to be protecting. And even just the idea of, of holding out Wally as bait, you know, if he calls in a freaking SWAT team, you know, like they, they go all out with the uh, CCPD. So, I mean, like, you know, I, I hear you, man. And there, there's a, there's definitely obviously a point to that in terms of trusting him with, uh, with those abilities and just seeing himself in his son. But I do think that there's a security factor that goes into that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, he's his kid. He doesn't want him to get hurt. But I, I think also, you know, there's probably the possibility of there as well. Well, if Wally gets these powers and he acts like I would have acted with them, I don't want to send Barry after him. I think a lot of people were expecting there to be a deal with the devil uh, in terms of Wally going to alchemy and getting his powers. And so because of that anticipation and perhaps projecting a storyline that wasn't necessarily there, a lot of people were confused as to why, like, why would Wally do this? What does he technically get out of this uh, deal? Uh, other than, of course, you know, obviously superpowers. What What is the deal with him and alchemy? And I think while we don't yet know what alchemy's motives are, uh, I think what what is clear is that Wally was driven at this point not from a desire to get superpowers, but from a like body in pain type of situation. Right. Like it was yeah, almost like, like he was being tortured every moment that he that he wasn't, uh, you know, in, in given superpowers or turned into a husk or, or whatever the right phraseology is here. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, at first I'm sure he was entranced with the idea of getting speed. And then he realized that once alchemy got in his head, it's a horribly painful experience not to, uh, uh, you know, not to go to alchemy. And so it's like, look, you know, at this point, I just don't want to be in pain anymore. I'll lead you to where he is. We'll, we'll take care of him. Then maybe he'll be out of my head and we'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, that, that was a big motivation at that point. I, you know, it, it seemed like it, it, it turned right. It's like, 
yeah, powers are great, but it's also great not to be in writhing agony constantly. Right. <laughs> right. Like it, it, at some point that trumps everything else, right? You're no longer like, oh, I want, I yeah, want. It's like, yeah, oh, exactly. I need, I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, like we went from carrot to stick. And I want a pineapple in the chat uh, saying that, uh, you know, Caitlin was saying that if he didn't go to alchemy, the seizures he was having would, would kill him. That's right. So that's, that's also a pretty, pretty big motivation there to, to do something is, you know, if you don't, you'll die. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a big motivating factor. Yeah. I mean, it, it forces Barry to kind of drop what he's doing and, and focus more on, uh, you know, uh, dealing with, with the alchemy problem, which obviously ramps up to the end of this, uh, before getting there, of course, Barry is dealing with shade. Um, and what happened with shade? I kind of, did shade end up joining alchemy or I, I felt like that plot line kind of got dropped somewhere along the way. You know, honestly, I don't know. Uh, he was at the movie thing. They captured him with light, which was neat, I guess. That's kind of a terrible weakness to have. Uh, <laughs> you can't do anything during the day because you're useless. Um, That's a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, he, they captured him. They put the dampening bracelets on him. And then I don't know where he went from there. I guess they just sit in Iron Heights. He was just done at that point. Okay, so, but, so it was just kind of I, a... The, this was just kind of give Barry, get everybody off the case of, of what's really going on. Did they ever explain why he killed the, uh, the stockbroker guy? Uh, money? I guess. Money money's a pretty powerful motivator. Yeah, so is revenge. Maybe he knew him, but they didn't establish that. Yeah, I felt like nothing was really established for, for Shade. No, he's just kind of there. Like I said, that, but that's, that's kind of the charm of this season that I've enjoyed thus far is that, you know, we can kind of have these one-off adventures while the you know the plot lines of 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 the deeper darker things have been kind of seeded out uh, in the background, uh, shade it, it is worth mentioning. Of course, this is a villain from the comics. Uh, I'm I'm most familiar with the interpretation from actually the comic or the cartoon series Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, in which he appeared, I believe, first as a member of the Injustice Gang, uh, teaming up with Lex Luthor and uh, and I think Cheetah. Copperhead and a few others to uh, to try to take down the Justice League. And uh, he had his staff in which he would kind of hold up and create uh, solid shadows in which the uh, Flash would either get locked in and and kind of uh, confused by all the darkness or he would end up having to run up the side of the shadow and that sort of thing. So he also dressed like a Victorian person, right? That's right. He had kind of a top hat. Yeah, yeah. And and like a leotard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at he least looks like a magician from the 1800s. That's right. That's right. So yeah. cool character. I hope we get a chance to uh, to see the shade return in, in, a, in a grander way, because I think there's a lot of potential there with uh, with that character. Um, but but like I said, enjoyed the fact that he was kind of just a, uh, a foil for Barry as we built up to what was the pinnacle moment of this episode. And that's the throwdown in Alchemy's lair. Uh, great, great. Throw away a little nod to Gorilla Grodd, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you have sentient gorillas on your earth? Oh, oh yeah, lots. <laughs> <laughs> There's another way he said that. I couldn't tell if he was being truthful or not, but I would assume he is. Uh, yeah. Alchemy's lair. Okay, so we get down there, and there's a couple of them, right? I mean, like this, all of a sudden, Alchemy, this guy wearing this goofy, bird, weird, creepy mask. Like a plague doctor mask. Like some sort of weird plague doctor all of a sudden, I'm starting to see him in a brand new light. He looks like a freaking cult leader with all of these acolytes around him. At first, I was kind of like, wait, did I just see other people there? And then, yes, there are other people there. They're all wearing hoods. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's kind of a question of who are these people or what's really going on. But ultimately, it comes down to a couple of things happening. Uh, Barry or uh, Wally picking up the uh, the stone and turning into a husk. Uh, presumably to get his powers. And then of course the introduction of Savitar, or at least the more, more full introduction of Savitar, the God of speed. Now, interesting observation about this character. You know, we've, we've already been introduced to the character of rival earlier this season, who by appearances is kind of a combination of the rival from the comics. who was Jay Garrick's, uh, uh, alter, uh, nemesis, um, at least in name only here, uh, with kind of a visual nod to the Savitar of the comics. Whereas now we actually get a, the Savitar of the series, which is a combination of the Savitar from the comics and a new character that's relatively recently created called Godspeed, at least in terms of the visuals. Now, I could be wrong on that, but that's when I first saw him, that's kind of what jumped out to me. Uh, are you familiar with the uh, character of Godspeed? Uh, I'm not. I'm actually going to look him up right now. It's a cool uh, looking suit. 
It's what? It's a cool looking suit. So I thought it was a combination of Savitar from the comics and Michael Bay's Transformers. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's clearly there as well, right? Oh, yeah, that suit is looking – that is a cool cool suit. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, obviously there's a different color scheme that's going on here. But if you kind of look at the way that the lines kind of interact with the face and there's kind of this, um, you know, metallic nature to it, the crisscrossing on the chest – I, I think that that's what we're seeing here. And, you know, the, the series loves to take different villains and kind of squash them into one another and take aspects of this one and mix it into this one. And, you know, for the most part, we've always been all for that. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this character of uh, Savitar, the God of Speed. But it does beg the question. And like I said, this entire season, Alchemy's been there, but he hasn't really been as big of a presence. And so... That's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. Alchemy has been, quote unquote, built up to be the big bad of this season. But now that we actually get a chance to track him down to his lair, to where these other acolytes are, is it possible, Bell, that Alchemy is actually not the big bad, that actually he is just a lackey and, and uh, Savitar is the big bad as opposed to the other way around? Well, I honestly think that Savitar is the big bad. I think that's pretty obvious now. And I just think Alchemy is just a completely unrelated sort of dude. Well, I, th- I think he's just kind of there. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, but then, you know, why would he show up? Why wouldn't he show up earlier? So here's my uh, proposition to you. Like, what if, what if, like I said, there's, there's a lot of, I, I can't be the only one that looked at that and saw a lot of like cult, like, you know, call outs here, right? Yeah. Underground wearing hoods, scratching on stuff, you know, being creepy. That's cult stuff. Yeah, it's pretty culty. Kool-Aid. There's a whole thing, thing of Gatorade. Kool-Aid right, right next to him. Punch. That's what they say. But punch, punch, punch in the, yeah. So that's there. And what if this is a cult that worships Savitar? Savitar comes in declaring himself the God, the God of speed. It makes sense. And so alchemy no. is like the Pope of this, you know, the, the evil Pope of this cult. Because alchemy knows that Savitar is a speedster and he knows that speedsters can create alternate timelines. And so that's why alchemy is giving people's gifts from those alternate timelines. Cause Savitar has explained to him that's, that's what happens. Oh, and interesting, so interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so basically alchemy is a lackey of Savitar because and, and Savitar has explained to him the, the the nuances of speedsters and how they can create different timelines. And maybe Alchemy had a method or some kind of maybe his meta power was to uh, tap into those timelines and bring those powers into the the, the current you know timeline. Uh, and so that's why Savitar was using Alchemy was just to either test Flash or just bring you know people in there or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Savitar. Um, so perhaps Savitar even created the Alchemist Stone as a way of like this will restore people to you know the previous timeline because it's not it's not like it re- restores them to their original state. It just rest- like whatever the last change to time was, it'll bring them one degree there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah. So yeah, the last thing to change was the uh, you know the, the flashpoint timeline, yeah. and so you use the stone, and it that's the last reset point, and so it's going to take you to that reset point, but in this current timeline. So then the question becomes why? Like why? Like what is like you know? Savitar comes in, and he is literally so fast that we don't we don't really see. You know him. His Barry little, can't even see him. That exactly. We don't. We don't see like the little avatar with the shaking hands and the shaking legs and everything. We just see like literally a flash, and then you're like boom, boom, yeah. boom, here, there, and uh, and some lightning around him. Which, by the way, blue lightning. Blue lightning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm wondering really if they're neat. if they're gonna draw any kind of connection there. My guess is they probably won't. Um, which I'm kind of glad about because that opens the door for blue lightning, meaning a lot of different things, which hopefully at some point will open the door for a blue lantern flash. Uh, I know that's perhaps wishful thinking, but you never know. They get 10 seasons in, you can get away with some pretty crazy stuff. That's true. So now now here's my question though, because I'm not too terribly familiar with Savitar in the comics, 
but I, I want to say he was like a cult leader at some point, right? I am not familiar with the character at all. He looks like uh, like Hercules, the the Marvel version of Hercules. Um, but but beyond that, I really am not that familiar with him at all. Yeah, I, I had done some reading on him, and like you know, I, I uh, heard about him when I picked up the Flash set for HeroClix uh, a couple of years ago. I want to say. Yeah, he was obsessed with speed. That's why he called himself Savitar, because Savitar is the Hindu god of motion. And uh, he was like a, like a crazy narcissist or whatever. And I want to say he had like a cult following. And so now that makes perfect sense that Alchemy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Al- Alchemy's got like all these followers. They look like they're following Alchemy. But in actuality, Alchemy is just a follower of Savitar. And so they're all part of Savitar's cult of speed or something like that. Right. But so is it one of those things where like they – all right, so so – what's I, all right so back to the question what's the end game here like like what is it is alchemy just doing savitar's bidding or has alchemy like like summoned savitar here to help him with his goal no i think savitar is uh in charge of everything and so so okay now chat correct me if i'm wrong uh but savitar has a, like he, he can he can he can imbue speed to people and he can also take speed away from speedsters. Oh, snap. Uh, so what I'm guessing is that Savitar is – so So there, there there were more speedsters in Flashpoint, right? You had Rival. You had Wally. And now, now there's Jesse Quick. And so maybe what Savitar is trying to do is consolidate speedsters <laughs> in this timeline so that he can take their speed. Interesting. Because he's the god of speed and he wants to be – You know, it's kind of the same thing maybe that, that Zoom had. You know, he wants to be the only one. Um, so yeah, this, so that, that maybe maybe that's what's going on here is maybe he wants to. Well, why would he create speedsters. a speedster then? Like, why would he create Wally as a speedster if he wants to be the only one? Uh, because like, so so Wally was a speedster at some point in in the Flashpoint, and so he's going to bring him into this timeline because he, he's clearly faster than anybody. He's not threatened by Wally, and if he can take Wally's speed, maybe that's some. Maybe he feeds off of it. Maybe that's something that helps him uh, be this super powerful entity. Uh, is, is by taking speed from speedsters or, or maybe he the, just like enjoys doing it thing is though all right so so when you talk about taking speed force and converting it and you know as your own that's where you get to the 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 negative speed force right that's where you get so instead of red you know yellow lightning you get red lightning and i think if nothing else that that has been consistent in terms of the visuals uh, and maybe blue lightning at this point just means other like it's it's a speed source that's different from the speed force um, and maybe he wants to experiment with the speed force, but he has no connection to it. Could be, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, there's, there's, it's one of these big question marks is that, like I said, the, the entire season, we've not really been, no, we haven't really known what alchemy is up to. And now we kind of get a better, I guess a better picture of what his organization looks like. And, and, and a big reveal in the, in the form of Savitar. And yet we still don't know what anybody's up to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what? like they, oh. they give us all this information, but it doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> okay, well, here's here's something for you, though. You know, you, you talk about the speed thing. What if it really doesn't have anything to do with speed at all? What if it has way more to do with time? Because that's what's really going on is they're going around. That Like some of the people that they're converting uh, to their fast uh, flashpoint self are not necessarily speedsters. They're just reverting to who they were in the other timeline. Um, so what if... Maybe Savitar's coming in and being like, all right, you know, I, as the god of speed, I, I have jurisdiction over time. Maybe even the um, the the uh, wraiths, maybe they work for him. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, all right, you know, my wraiths are going in. They, they came back. They brought back this guy. I sent two of them. They only brought one guy. These guys are terrible. Uh, they're going on paid leave, and I'm going to have to step in and do this myself. He's Thanos. So he's Thanos. does that mean, wait, what? He's Thanos. Ah, he's the Thanos of speed. That's right. So could we see a uh, Hunter Solomon Black Flash this season? Possibly. If, if all of them work for Savitar. I mean, that's that's very possible. I mean, like getting getting kind of the idea, like maybe pulling back the curtain a little bit more about, you know, the uh, the the organization. I, I, I hate to use that word, but like the the entities that control speed like what what is the driving factor is savitar uh you know is he kind of the consciousness the core consciousness of time in the same way that barry or or the speed force is the core consciousness of speed 
even though he says he's the God of speed. Maybe it's like a hmm. false it's God type situation, right? Maybe he declares himself the God of speed, even though, you know, in, in actuality, um, the speed force, AKA Barry, AKA J, AKA Wally, AKA Bart, the speed force is the real God of speed. And so he is like a false prophet. Exactly. But he's so much better at it. <laughs> well, track him. yeah, but that's the thing. The entity that is the speed force that we've seen before, that's not Barry today. That's Barry. Infi- oh, yeah. That's, yeah. you know, Infinity Barry. That's that's Infinity J. That's Infinity Bart. That's Infinity All Speedsters um, you yeah. know, that, that at least pull from the speed force. So, you know, and like, again, if, if Savitar, even reverse Flash, even though he's converting speed force into negative speed force, He's still tied to the speed force to some to some aspect, right? That's a that's a symbiotic relationship. Blue lightning, if re, if we're reading this correctly, that just means other. That means a source that is different from the speed force. And so to have a speedster be that fast and not be connected to the speed force and declare themselves a god, they are they're, they're a false god. And like I, like maybe that's what they're setting up. We've got a cult. We've got following of this false god. Perhaps Savitar is to some extent. A speed demon, which, by the way, villain from the comics. Interesting. Yeah. So if if Barry is speed god, then Savitar is speed devil. Exactly. Yeah, or demon, because that kind of works better with the comics. There you go. There you go. Well, that's speedster speculation this week. And uh, you know what? If you are like us and you spend all night trying to speculate, trying to figure out everything about the Flash, and the next morning you were just dragging, you need some coffee, you need some caffeine, and you need some good stuff from the folks at Bean Fruit Coffee. If you go to beanfruit.com and use the code podcast, you get 5% off on your next order. I can say, Bell, actually, this very weekend, I actually went up to their facility, got a uh, tour of their roastery. It was nice. awesome, dude. Like, had a uh, uh, Paul, the, uh, the, the owner, actually made a, a, a cappuccino for, for me and my wife we were, as we were there. Uh, and you want to talk about a coffee nerd. This dude knows every single aspect of coffee, uh, like ground up the the beans and like had this like perfect measuring kit and this perfect press and like this. I, I don't even know exactly how to describe it, man, but he kind of spun it around and made it all flat and pressed it down and uh, was definitely the the by far the best cup of cappuccino I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, and it made, of course, with the beans roasted there at Bean Fruit. Dot com. So again, go to beanfruit.com and use the code podcast. Get 5% off when you do help support this show. And that is good for us, which is good for you because that means we keep on doing it. <laughs> <laughs> beanfruit.com podcast for 5% off. This is David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash. And you're listening to Flash TV Talk. I am Grodd. All right, man, we've got some listener feedback in uh, Mel Brown wrote in. What did Mel Brown say? Well, uh, they write, what is the end game with giving Wally powers? There's no quid pro quo mentioned. So shouldn't Alchemy expect that Wally would just use his new powers to help stop Alchemy? Mm. <laughs> that's that, that's that's true, you know, because uh, with Rival, it was I'm going to be subservient to you because you gave me my speed. Maybe maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's the expectation is that like Alchemy will be able to control him. Uh, because he's like, I gave this to you, blah, blah, blah. But Wally isn't a bad person. So there's no, there's no saying that Wally's going to agree with that. I mean, why would he? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I don't know. Like some of the other husks, we, we haven't really gotten a confirmation as, as far as who the other husks were, do we? Uh, there's three more that we know of. Now there's going to be four more because Wally's going to be a husk. Um, so there was Magenta, there was Rival, and there was... Savitar. Uh, I mean, well, uh, yeah, I guess rival was Savitar. So that's the thing, right? Like rival didn't, didn't he say, didn't uh, alchemy call him Savitar? I don't know. Am I, am I misremembering that? I thought from like at the end of the first episode or maybe the beginning of the second episode, he refers to him as like Savitar. It's time to wake up or something of that nature. And that's when he kills him, right? No, that's when he, that's when he gives him his uh, powers. No, I don't think so. I think he called him by his name and is not rival. He called him by his whatever his normal name was. Okay, fair enough. Maybe that was Savitar that went in and killed him, uh, killed rival. I need to go back and watch. We didn't know what we were watching. Like, that's the thing. They snuck this in. <laughs> yeah, they really did. It's very well done. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. There, it's, it's still a lot is up in the air in terms of trying to figure out exactly what the end game is here. We still don't fully know. Like, I think it's it's a safe bet that Savitar is the one that's truly pulling the strings 
but we don't even know that for certain yet. There's there's a ton of speculation of what's up in the air. But that's it's good observation, Mel. Uh, Jacob Y wrote in from Facebook says, uh, "You guys are uh, by far my favorite podcast." I have a six-year-old stepson who loves The Flash, and we watch it together. Uh, we were having problems finding common ground, and The Flash is something that we have in common. I repeat all background info you guys talk about, and it's made me his hero. Thanks again. Man, Jacob, glad we could be of assistance. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that uh, Yeah. It, 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 bonding over comic books is like such a cool thing to do. So Yeah, you that's that's how you and uh, your, your brother-in-law kind of uh, connected, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you know, you know he was dating my sister, and he was a big football guy, and I wasn't really into football, but he loved comics and art, and like that's how we kind of bonded and got together, and that was yeah, that was super cool. So I'm glad we can help. <laughs> well, Jacob, man, we're we're pulling for you, and uh, and big shout out to you and your stepson, and uh, and thank y'all so much for uh, for tuning in, and uh, and enjoying uh, this uh, this awesome awesome television ser- series, and an awesome hero that has made you his hero. That's that's awesome. <laughs> We also got an iTunes review from uh, J uh, JJS Deer Hunting, uh, hunting, hunting. I, I can't say I can't like, say it like in southern like hunting, like you're hunting. Yeah, but my throat you're hurts. Hunting can't pronounce it yeah, like well. that. JJ Deer Hunting says, uh, "Great podcast. I love this podcast. Bo, don't ever go on vacation again." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that haunts us to this day. I had fun. I don't know. Some people liked it, right? <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I, so this is obviously in reference for new listeners. Last season, I had one episode, one episode where I went on vacation and we had some amazing guest hosts who were so gracious and so kind to take their time to come on uh, this show and fill fill in for me. And uh, and yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that episode, but it, it was a little bit of a different style. And uh, sometimes different isn't exactly always appreciated by everybody, but I enjoyed it a lot. So, uh, but one way or the other, deer hunting, I'm, I'm not planning on going vacation ever again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can keep up with us, by the way, uh, throughout the weeks when, uh, when we're not on air, you can keep up with us on the Twitters. You can follow me at the real Bo York. You can follow bell at ring that bell, or you can follow the show on Twitter at flash TV talk. But if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. For the latest news, daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And special thanks as always to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. You can check out the rest of his music at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. Also, be sure to check out Legends TV Talk if you're into Legends of Tomorrow, where uh, we've got some legendary podcasters bringing you episode by episode recaps. I I actually watch Legends of Tomorrow for one reason, and that's so that I can listen to the Legends TV Talk podcast. That's that's how much I enjoy that show. So check it out, Legends TV Talk for that one. And if uh, you're into other DC TV Talk shows as well, go to see DC TV Talk to find some great shows like Starkville Labs, like Supergirl TV Talk. Uh, like Starkville House of L, all great shows. Check them out, dctvtalk.com. Be sure to also support this show. Be sure to subscribe to the show, support it, write us iTunes reviews. We already mentioned that. That's a good thing to do. Subscribe to the show on the Satchel Podcast Player, satchelplayer.com for that. Flashtvtalk.com is the best place to go for all of that contact information and more. Until next time, guys, we'll be back in a flash. Episode five. Oh man. No, it's not episode five. I know. Cecile, thank you, the green arrow. Oh, how can we forget that? Cecile. Oh, this is a this is apropos Cecilia. You're breaking my heart. You're shaking my confidence daily. You know the song? Uh I didn't think it was Cecilia. I thought it was another one. No, it's Cecilia. Isn't it Cecilia? Making love in the afternoon to Cecilia. Up in my bedroom, making love. I get up to wash my face. When I go back to bed, someone's taking my place. 
and it's HR. HR. <laughs> name. Exactly, man. Mr. Steal Your Girl. All right, we're, we're Cecilia. Now we're playing that song. That's the song for this episode. I don't think I've heard that song. Is, it, is, it, is this a contemporary song? Yes, or is this you like an have. Song? Don't you remember? This is not going to end up in the podcast, but don't you remember like the, sun, the summer that we worked together? At, uh, oh, of course. Yeah. Don't, do you not remember like the most epic playlist of all time that came from that? Maybe. You don't remember that? All right, hang on. Hang on. I know that like all the music I brought, no one would, would, would play on the playlist because Simon it and wasn't. Garfunkel. You need a website. Nope, that's not Simon and Garfunkel. That you is, know what? I don't need a website. Thank you very much. I've got a ton of websites. Actually, I, I know how I like to do HTML. All right, hang on. Whether you're a small... Here we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, Simon and Garfunkel. So that was the song I was thinking of. I just didn't think it was Cecilia. Yeah, no, it's Cecilia. Cecilia. I'm telling you, maybe that's why they named her. Maybe that's why the character is named Cecilia. Because Joe got up to wash his face. We got back to bed and uh, HR is taking his place. <laughs> Under the guise of Randolph. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely were like, you know what? We need, to, we need to include a reference to a Simon and Garfunkel song into this show. So why don't we name... Joe's potential girlfriend, Cecilia, and then oh, have HR. Is. Here it is, here it is. Try it. So there you go. There you go. I learned something. Yeah. Or, I always thought that dogs laid eggs. Well, or at least remembered something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Simon and Garfunkel finally making an appearance on Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Simon and Garfunkel TV Talk. Cecilia kind of got around. Not not Flash Cecilia. The Simon and Garfunkel Cecilia. Yeah. They should... You know, I'm just now realizing... What's that? I think that all of Joe's relationships are based off of Simon and Garfunkel songs. What, wait, what was his... What was his... Remember... What's Iris's... Remember, well, not her, although I'm going to have to go back and search to see if there's a connection there. But remember that the lady that lived in uh, in uh, Barry's old house? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, was her name? Well, I can't remember her name. I think this would be appropriate for uh, kind of her situation. bit of a mrs robinson thing going on a little bit a little bit yeah we, we need to do some research on that come up with a come up with a theory my theory is that all of his relationships are based off of simon and garfunkel songs <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean like we gotta find some facts though we gotta back that up uh mrs robinson cecilia i bet her name was mrs robinson she was doing the whole cyst like with cisco she could have done the whole leg up in the air with the camera thing. And Cisco could have been like, Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me, aren't you? Uh, are, are you trying to seduce me? <laughs> I can't do it. No, nah, Dustin I can't, Hoffman. I can't. Young Dustin Hoffman. Oh, he was so young. Old Dusty. Dusty Hoffman. Simon and Garfunkel songs. And a list. All right, so what was Iris's mom's name? Um, I'm guess the green arrow in the chat says Sherry, but I don't know if that was to the right. I don't know if that was to the to the lady in the house or if that was to his wife's name. Let's see, Iris's mom's name. I'm looking up Simon and Garfunkel songs. See if you can find it on the old Google. Is it Kathy? Uh, 
Francine. Francine. And a theater teacher in high school named Francine. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So that's Francine. Let's see here. Flowers he never built. was the baby living in Barry's old house in the flesh. God bless you, please, Mrs. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. Oh, Sherry. Okay, yeah, Sherry. Okay, so Sherry was the lady living in the house. Oh, Sherry was the lady. Okay, Sherry was Mrs. Robinson. Hang on. Maybe, maybe like a bridge over troubled water. With that, I think your theory is falling apart, man. No, look. There's a. They got a lot of music. I carve through the lyrics here. To be fair, I'm, I'm just talking about the relationships that we've like actively seen. Like he was never actually with his ex-wife on the show. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, so we have one data point then. We have two. <laughs> Wait, what was the second one? Cecilia. Wait, we got Cecilia, and we've got yeah, and we've got uh, Mrs. Robinson. Well, that wasn't her name, though. No, but like it is the situation. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just saying that she had kind of a Mrs. Robinson thing going on. Sure, I'll give you that one. It's a stretch, but I'll give you that one. If her name had been Mrs. No, Robinson. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Come on. When you're down and out, when you're on the street, when evening falls so hard, I will comfort you. I will take you, uh, take your part. And when darkness comes and pain is all around, like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Maybe this, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Bridge Over Troubled Water would be um, his ex-wife. Maybe. Huh. Your theory has wings again. I'm just saying, man. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it's happening. Now, you know, he kicked her to the curb, but what I'm saying is like, Lex Mercury pointed out the kicked into the curb. But what I'm saying is that, like, but but when, like, she was, but afterwards, he didn't kick her to the curb. He picked her up off the curb and, like, got her, got her some help, got her in the hospital. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I'll take your Okay, thanks. I don't think anybody knows. Now, Mercury saying is going to give it to me, so I'll take it. That's okay. Good. All right. Well, that's nice. Well, we'll see if Cecilia pans out. Well, you know, maybe this is your theory. Like, you think all of Joe's relationships are based on Simon and Garfunkel songs, whereas I think that the show is written by someone who listens to this show and is trying to appease me. <laughs> you realize there's an entire team of writers. They don't just all sit yes. around in the room and listen to the podcast. I know, but only one of them has to. To just subtly influence things? Yeah. No, they don't. I mean, I mean, come on. Like, yeah, it's it's a team of writers, and like one of them goes, hey, what if we put Gorilla Grodd in a bell tower? Like, oh, yeah, like a Quasimodo kind of thing. And like, yeah, yeah, exactly that. When what actually he was trying to propose is this is a subtle nod to the Ring That Bell or uh-huh. Ring That Grodd campaign that happened on Twitter. Because of Flash TV talk, right? And so then he went over to Arrow, and he's like, "Oh, are y'all right? In, y'all right in the, the season premiere? Hey, hey, you should have him ring a bell. Just, just have him ring that bell. Like, just have him say that exact, that, that exactly, make, exactly, make that exactly." Happen. 